People say the way crazy. It's taking all alone. But when we reach our land, roll on the floor. And we got my friend, the credit gets tough to turn. Check my logistics, it's taken. Money, little fantastic. We got a relationship with the friends. And I see your man. I'm out of my life. We're going to turn your man. But then the night. We better not get caught. We'll be coming to the institution. We'll be drunk and shot. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. Got a mailbag. We got ourselves a, a mailbag episode. We haven't done one since the beginning of March, so we figured we'd we'd get one in now that now that we're we're in like full off season mode because the the first four months of the off season aren't the off season. Justin, how are you? And if you bring up freaking analytics, I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. No, no, no. Oh, poorly timed, Bobby Skinner. Um, I. <laughs> Actually, was going to bring up the fact that I've I basically had off from work the last two days, so I have been watching season two of Who Killed Sarah, and this podcast is standing in the way of me finding out who killed Sarah. It's been like almost twenty episodes, and I have not found out yet. I'm hoping to find out. How are you? Pissing me off that you're watching TV. I want a culture of violence on this podcast, and you're just watching TV. You don't think we've already cultivated that? No, we have, but it's, we got to continue it. Um, oh, the gi- the Giants themselves are trying to w- one up us. Yeah, yeah. So you and Danny better watch out because I'm I'm coming for head soon. Um, that's like low key not cool. But anyway, <laughs> we don't know what the details of it are. It's 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 a it's a guy who got fired suing. So we'll it's yeah. it's not a big deal for Giants fans, is what I'll say. Zach Rosenblatt, if you don't know what we're talking about, Zach Rosenblatt laid out a uh, a very nice, nice is a fun word to say, very nice article detailing uh, some interesting workplace environment type deals happening, allegations with the Giants. So that's what we're joking about to start the show. So I'm glad I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you're feeling good, Bobby Skinner, because when you're feeling good, you're feeling violent. Um, yes, I'm ready, ready to take on the world and. Whatever the guy's name is, he's not on the Giants anymore, so he's part of the world. So we're we're against him. Um, actually, I don't know. We're just we're just having fun, having fun on a, almost on a Friday, almost Friday. All right, so we're gonna get into the mailbag, but first, this episode was brought to you by seven people that I just, you know what? If I see them, I might I might have to slap them around a little bit, and if I, and if they're bigger than me and stronger than me, then I'll get someone that's big. I'll get Nick Gates to slap them around. And who are these people, Justin? Well, we've got Joseph Deprete, Ben mm. Reed, Ben don't know how to read is more like it. Ed Gladney, You're not gonna be Gladney when Nick Gates smacks you. Jacob McDowell, I think he won the Daytona 500. John Moffat sounds like he fought in the Revolutionary War. Felipe Noveas, um, and his thing says the biggest, it's, see, I can't even see his, his full name because I'm on the phone app, Felipe Noveas, uh, and then Cody Gents, which I'm pretty sure is not his last name, so whenever you, whenever you send me your address, give me your real name to put on there. Jacob McDowell could very well be the brother of Michael McDowell, who actually did win the Daytona 500. Uh, maybe it's Michael that's using Jacob as a as a name, so we didn't recognize. But we did recognize. Who sure. are these Daytona 500 winners? All these Daytona 500 champions. They went to patreon.com slash Giants, And for $2 a month, you get to hang out with us as we record the live shows. And you get some magnets in the mail from Bobby Skinner. And you possibly could win a shirt. Maybe even two times a month. Bobby, we've never had the same person win a shirt twice in the same twice month. Twice at all. Or have we even had twice at all? So, okay, I'm glad it's random, but if you sign up, you, you, you do have a chance of winning a shirt twice sometime in your Patreon lifetime. Patreon.com slash. There's been a couple of people who they've signed up and they want a shirt like a week later. So, boom. So, how about that? There you go. Um, all right, Justin. Steve. Let's get into the mail. Or wait, no. What the? I can't. We have been oh, so wow. long that we've done a mailbag episode. I forgot how this went. Last time we did it was March 11th, and that was my birthday. So, um, let, try that again. All right. What do I say? I, I forgot. It's like, take it away, oh, Steve. Boy. All right, Justin. 
that's a, that's on the af that's on the after of the of the of the of it the is true effect. all right take it away steve take it away steve mail time All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. There you go. That part I know First, now. I just I do I I don't even know if I do like a very consistent like throw it to Steve. So, but anyways, thank you, Steve from Blues Clues. Thank you, Steve from Blues Clues. So, first question is coming from our friend Chris Mickle. What camp battles are you most excited to see? It's fun to have depth at so many spots. Keep killing this offseason. It has been a blast. Bobby, I want to hear what you have to say, and then I have a good follow-up question. So the easy this player versus this player is Darnay Holmes versus Aaron Robinson. Like That's the most clear-cut. Like This player versus this player is, is battling for this spot. But I think it's less about a one-on-one battle, and more so... The outside linebacker edge group. Who are going to be the two guys that are going to get the most reps out of that position? Because it is it is a position that you rotate, and I do believe the Giants will rotate rotate that position more than they do any other position. But which two guys are going to be the top dogs in that? Is Aziz Ojolari going to be that from day one? I I hope and think so. How does Lorenzo Carter come? He look coming back from injury. O'Shane Zimenez, what does he look like in year three? Um, you know, and then you have the other guy, you know, you have the Carter Coughlin, Ryan Anderson, Cameron, like Fetty, maybe even a Fetty Odenegbo is, is considered in that. I'm not sure exactly, but like that group, I was like, I don't, I don't know what's coming out of that. Yeah. I, I think right now we're all just kind of hopefully assuming that Lorenzo Carter can kind of come back and be that guy again. You know, probably not a guy that maybe can take 90% of the snaps to start like he was towards the beginning of 2020. Cause also I would say the giants edge room overall is somewhat deeper than it was at the start of 2020. Even if it's not more talented overall, it's just deeper with more names, right? So, but he's coming off the Achilles injury, and how he comes off that Achilles injury can really determine the snap share and the snap breakdown of that room. So Ed, the edge room is, is going to be something that's going to be really fun to follow throughout camp. But here's my here's my follow-up question to you. Do we think that there is a wide receiver two slash wide receiver wide receiver three battle between whether whether it you know we'll throw even we'll even throw John Ross in there. John Ross, um Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, or do we already think like the Giants have a plan as to how they're going to use all those players? Because all of those players are kind of like entirely different from each other so part of you know part of you know we, you talked about the edge room in terms of the breakdown of the snaps there i'm very interested to see the breakdown of the snaps when it comes to the wide receivers is that a camp battle or because all those players are so different there's not really a battle it's just a plan that the giants are taking. i agree with the latter and that's why i didn't pit wide receiver on it because you don't have like that yeah. you don't have that one-on-one battle where if he's taking reps in the slot you could see shep maybe moving like that would be that would be it. Is that if they really liked him and wanted to play him eighty percent of the snaps right of the way, Shep would stay on the outside and Tony would play in the slot because uh, you know Tony is a slot receiver. Um, that would be it. But I do think it's like I don't think he's just going to come in and take over Sterling Shepard on the slot and Darius Slayton will be the outside guy. So I do think there is a very like all right, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to rotate him in. Like I don't I don't expect Kadarius Tony to come in and be getting the second most reps at wide receiver right off bat. Maybe if he proves yeah. himself early and, and, and gets in there, but I just don't see it happening. Oh, and this is exciting because you could pretty much look at almost every single position group or you know the certain spot at a position group. Offensive line, there's an interior offensive line battle happening right now, right? Um, there's going to – we hope that there's not much of a battle at no, right tackle. Lee, I'm not excited for that one at all, Chris <laughs> Mickle. I want that to not be a battle at all. Yeah, no, no, no right tackle. We talked about the edge group and just how deep that is. 
Um, there's going to be a battle in, in, for interior defensive line. You know, Leonard Williams is obviously going to lead the way, but how much can Afedio Denegbo stick his stick his toes in there in front of? Can he get in front of B.J. Hill in terms of getting snaps? And what about Austin Johnson? Just paid him three million dollars to come back. Um, interior linebacker. You know, the interior linebacker two and three spot. That's going to be a fun battle. And then you even throw in a Kale Garrett in there. If again, if that's if that's a guy that we like and he can stick his toes. And there as well, stick his toes. I feel like that's a saying that I just made up, but it, it kind of works. We know what we mean. And then obviously cornerback as well, slot corner. You we, you kind of already talked about that, and that's the most popular one. So you pretty much look up and down. There's fun battles happening all over the place, and glad we're gonna have training camp this year. Calvin Benjamin versus Levine Toilolo. That actually, that actually yeah. low key might be the most exciting one. Um, yeah. All right, Justin. Next question. Speaking of tight ends, Gazman, Gazman superstar. He asks, great offseason content again, fellas. What percentage of snaps do you expect to see Evan Ingram on the field for this year? We have 57 tight ends, which is a factual statement, and options at wide receiver for big plays. Saquon coming back also. Is now the time to see what we can get for Ingram, I'm guessing he means in terms of trade, while it's still in our hands, luckily not in his. So in 2020, Evan Ingram played 83% of the snaps on offense. He played all 16 games. For the Vikings, Kyle Rudolph was when him and Irv Smith were on the field at the or on you know were both healthy and active. Rudolph was playing right around that seventy five percent you know mark you know you know give or take you know, on on an individual game, and then Irv Smith was playing sixty five percent. So they were running a ton of two two tight end sets with those guys. It depends who starts, but I think I'm going to say sixty five percent. I'm going to say sixty five percent, and that. That stays the same to me, even if he's the starter or the backup. Sixty, even if, even if he's the starter, we have you know four wide receivers we want to get involved. So there's going to be less two tight end sets, even though we will use them. Um, and I do think they're going to use a, a good chunk of two tight end sets regardless. So um, yeah. I don't think tight end's going to be like this is our starting tight end. This is going to be our backup tight end. Like if there was any position that I'm looking at for this year where it's like oh it's a rotation. Like, you know, rotation gets overused, but it's like, there's someone who's clearly the starter. I think tight end might be the purest in that rotation sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, earlier in the offseason, like I think in the middle of March, uh, because especially after we signed Kyle Rudolph, we were asking ourselves, well, how is this going to work? So I, I made like this graphic where average of snaps played in weeks one through eight and nine through 17. I had this theory in my brain that the Giants kind of cut down Evan Ingram's snap share and the snap, you know, the amount of snaps that he played kind of after that Philadelphia game. And after I think they kind of found out like, hey, this guy's kind of hurting us more than he's helping. So let's reduce his snaps. They didn't reduce it as much as I thought, but nevertheless, they did. Weeks 1 through 8, he played 85.8% of the snaps. Weeks 9 through 17, excluding week 11, where I think he played like a large majority of the snaps. So weeks 9 through 17, excluding week 11, he played 76.42%. Um, and then if you include week 11, he played 78.8%. So there was a slight decrease in the amount of snaps that he played. Now, my initial theory was that, hey, they used Evan Ingram more out wide in terms of either him lining out as a slot, as like in, in the slot as a slot wide receiver or just as a regular wide receiver. They used him out wide more than they used him in line towards the second half of the season. I was wrong with that. Because they actually used them more. It was almost 50-50 split weeks 1 through 8. So weeks 1 through 8, there was 222 snaps in line. There was 210 snaps out wide. Weeks 9 through 17, 228 snaps in line. 173 snaps out wide. So there was a little bit of a more dramatic difference there. Where he wasn't lining up out wide as much towards the second half of the season. I would like to see him line up more out wide this season. Or at least it be a 50-50 split of Evan Ingram lining out out wide and then him lining up in line as well as a tight end. Well, I agree. Getting, I, I like that mark of like 60 to 65% of the snaps. Yeah. I, 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 there's, you know, last year, if, if last year at this time, basically every position, we were like, this is who we want playing and playing the majority of the snaps, man. This year, man, there really is a lot of open competition. And I, I do think tight end is is going to be one of those justin next question from tim at the giants good yet that's a fun handle at the giants good yet tim asks who'll be the captains this year 
So last year, it was Jones, Saquon, Blake Martinez, Jabril Peppers, Nate Ebner, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin Tomlinson is gone. I do think all five of those guys stay. Like, Blake isn't going to lose his captainship. Daniel Jones and Saquon aren't. I don't think Jabril would. Um, and there's going to be at least one special team captain, even though Peppers was considered that technically a special team captain. So Nate Ebner, which we're going to talk about Nate Ebner actually a little later in the episode. I think Logan Ryan replaces Dalvin Thomason, and that's it. I don't, I don't, who, who else would you think would like jump up in that spot? I, the only other person that I could see being left out is Shepard, but there's only going to be two offensive captains. Jones is a shoe in, and I think Saquon is more of a captain than Shepard is. Yeah, and if and if Shep was going to get captain, he would have gotten last year if they were just going to give it off a of seniority, right? No, I think Logan Ryan is the guy that deserves it. I think yeah. he's like the only guy that like one hundred percent. There's other people that probably do deserve it, but I think Logan Ryan has gone way out and above to to prove that he is a captain. So I think that's I I would love to for him to have a C next year's uh next to that logo. I would guarantee year. Logan Ryan will be a captain. I mean, you saw that whole DB thing they were doing down in Tampa with Yo Murphy, so. He he will definitely be a captain. Um, before we get to the next question, Justin, can you read the DraftKings ad? Oh yeah, I can read the DraftKings. All right, ad. let's go. Move it along. So it's playoff time, Bobby Skinner. Big stakes, big bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the selected game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in the featured game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. So this is one of those deals where you like to laugh and you like to be like, DraftKings, you silly gooses, you're giving away free money. And it's kind of fun. So this is a time where you got to sign up and you got to get in on the action. So DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY when you sign up to hammer the over for every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game. The line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overheading, so tell your friends and family that this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code JOMBOY, J-O-N-B-O-Y, for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Maximum $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-TA. Next question. Next question is from Ty at underscore Deke Ty underscore. Outside of the Eagles game, which game are you guys looking forward to the most? Is it a cop out to say week one? You got storylines plus as week one. It's not a cop out because, you know, we've, we've talked about over and over just wanting to start out one and oh, yeah. Um, and I think I'm I'm just super excited for these Washington games this year. I don't know why. Uh, I'm very excited to see how Washington looks. I think there's been chirping across the the fan bases. You now, who who cares what they have to say? They're a bunch of children who have Taylor Heineke as their profile <laughs> pictures, right? But you know, there's still there's been chirping, and I feel like that the Giants Washington rivalry is kind of on the rise. You know, maybe not as much as the the Eagles is, but um. It's on the rise, and these are two very good football teams. And if Washington can kind of get themselves a quarterback, these two teams can be in a in a slight window together of you know a couple years of competitive football. And hopefully, we just keep on sweeping them, and they keep on crying. So I'm I'm excited to start out one and zero. But I also think how cool will it be to sit back Thursday night football after going in Washington. And then having a ten day break where the New York Football Giants are two and zero, and and no matter what, they're going to be atop the NFC. That NFC's. would be beautiful. And then we're playing the Falcons, like it, it all time high at home. Yeah. Um. Did you yeah. see Joe Judge praise Pat Shermer? Yes, he didn't even mention. He didn't mention uh, Fangio. Fangio. He mentioned Pat's no. always. Re- he's always you know got a good game game plan schematically. I like that. Yeah. I, I wonder if that. they've ever talked. To be honest, but do you think Judge and Pat have ever talked? Are they like presidents where? There's a transition of power, the peaceful transition I of could power. See, I could see that. Ha- I could see Judge and like reaching out to him and being like, well, I don't know. 
Um, the other one would Tell be how at, much you at hated Bucks, Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, at Bucks. Uh, is it also there. bad? Is it bad that I'm excited to play the Chiefs because I'm not excited to play the, the Chiefs on Monday night. If at the all. freaking, I'm telling you, uh, I'm, not, I'm not excited about that at all. I'm telling you. Now maybe if we were playing them at home, it would be different. But here, you know, here I am saying that home field advantage doesn't matter. Not that it does. I, there's data that's showing at home field advantage doesn't matter. I still think matters, it matters less, but than it used to. It matters. There you go. There you go. I'm excited because there have been smart defensive minds, and it's similar to what Patrick Graham did against Russell Wilson. There have been smart defensive minds who have came up with good game plans against Patrick Mahomes, and basically is if you stop the vertical game, and this is not, I'm not going to act like stopping Patrick Mahomes is, is a very easy thing to do because it's not, but if you stop the vertical game and you force them to go 10, 11, 12 plays in a drive, it's tough. It's tough to score seven points consistently without the big play. And that's what Patrick Graham does best. So I'm excited for the matchup. I'm especially excited because it's we're either going to be at a point in the season where the Giants are here and the Giants are good, or it's going to be like, eh, we're, we're just going to lose on Monday Night Football. <laughs> that'll, that'll be it. Do you think that Judge is like looking at 2019 Giants tape and being like, Pat Shermer was good schematically? Hey, I wouldn't hate um. it. What did they I mean, do? they. I mean, they. I, hey, Joe Judge went through every Pat Shermer game of film as a Giants coach, or or at least half sixteen of them, probably all of them. But anyways, he did. Um, yeah, and then besides the Eagles one, which by the way, I'm going to Philly, and Justin uh, is not letting me sit next to him for that game. No, I'm not. You asked about a week too late. I already gave away that ticket. That's a hot ticket. That's a hot ticket. That Eagles game. That Eagles home game is a hot ticket. Yeah, but I'm going to that one, and we co-host Talking Giants. But I already gave it to somebody else. You shouldn't have. I'm not going to tell that Who person, Who is it? No. What's his name? It's His name is Jimmy Kroll. He's actually the co-author. Remember I did that positional value study? He's the co-author of it. be a real shame if someone whacked him. <laughs> um, well, workplace yeah. violence. Here we go again. All right, we ready to move on to the next question? Yes. Tauzino at Red Yeti 9. Now, I, I, I ignored him. For, for a couple weeks on this, so I apologize. He, he copied this question in from May 6th. After initial skepticism, he's warmed up to the Tony pick. Guy looks dynamic, but late senior season college breakouts usually ain't a great sign for wide receiver production translating to the NFL level. Have you ever done any studying into this trend? What makes Tony different? Okay, so I haven't, you know, I, I'm sure maybe that there's a there's a random study out there that talks about this, you know, late senior year of production, and if you only have one good year of production, does that lead to NFL success? My overall answer is I don't know, but I went over the last five years of draft classes, and I'm going to introduce some names who have really only had one positive year of college production, or really not even a year where they broke over a 1,000 receiving yards, and they are starting to have good NFL careers. So the first guy that I thought of, and I'll go kind of like from oldest to newest, Devontae Parker was taken in the first round of the 14th overall by the Dolphins. Now, Devontae Parker, I don't really know if you would consider his career to be like a success so far. Um, he did have a solid 2019, kind of helped the Dolphins make like a late year surge. And he was like a good, he was a good fantasy option there for a hot sec. He had two years of 800, 885 yards and then 855 yards his junior and his senior year. So he never had a year where he got over 1,000 receiving yards, but he was still a first-round pick. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin is a well-known guy. Um, he His best receiving year was his senior year with 701 yards. Um, and he was and he was taken third, third round. round. Now, not a, not a first round, not a second round guy. So it makes sense that he was taken in the Let third the round. Let the record really, show, really, I had him as the number three wide receiver after A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown. How about that? Let the record show. D.K. Metcalf was a second round pick. Um, he he never had a really good year at college. Now, Ole Miss's offense is kind of strange. And, you know, Bobby kind of talked about that with Elijah Moore. But he his junior year, he had 646 receiving yards. His senior year, he had 569 yards. And he played 12 games junior year, seven games his senior year. Second overall, second round pick is one of the best receivers in the league. Never really had a stud season per se. DJ Moore, he was a guy that was taken the first round 24th overall, 2018 draft by the Carolina Panthers. He only had one year at Maryland of 1,000 yards. His senior year was 1,000 yards. So that's, I would say if there's a similar 
trajectory in terms of, I don't know, maybe type of player. DJ Moore's 5'11". Kadarius Tony six. It's foot, not common. Only like w- even even all those guys you mentioned. I mean, Tony went from like two hundred yards to you know the the a thousand or whatever he got his senior year. The only one that I could, I if I went through the top thirty re- the top thirty receivers like is yard wise in twenty twenty. And Terry McLaurin was really the only one that was somewhat similar, where Terry McLaurin had only had like four hundred something yards, and then his senior year he had the seven hundred plus, which still wasn't great, but that that was the one. So. Um, John Ross also only had one good year of positive production, but that's not a name that we want to no, bring that's up. No, uh, that's not a good example. Um, <laughs> no, it's well, not. ask the next question, and I'm going to kind of answer. I want to answer it with that question. Okay. The next question is from JR. And as I find JR, JR Giants at Junior Hage 14. What do you think about all these people comparing Tony to Tavon Austin or Eagles fans trying to compare him to Jalen Rager? I just don't think they're comparable at all. Okay, the Eagles Jalen Rager one doesn't make any sense. That's just Eagles fans hoping that the guy we picked is a bust. Um, <clears throat> so that, that one doesn't make sense. But I will say Tavon Austin is, like if people want to make that comparison, it is somewhat fair. I mean, Tavon Austin was taken eighth overall. He was looked at as a, as a similar type player. Um and with that, like, Kadarius Tony's not a guarantee, you know? And the no. 20th overall pick is usually not, like, expected to be a guarantee. Um, you know, like, there's... Kadarius Tony isn't, like, you know, he's not... I don't think he's up there with those, you know, those other three with Waddle, uh, Smith, and Jamar Chase. Like, I do... I really do think, like, Tony has to be used in the right way, and he has to get better stuff. He needs to be a more reliable route runner. He needs to get timing down. He can't, you know... He can't like freestyle his routes at times where it's like, it's awesome that you got open, man, but your QB doesn't know when you're making that break. Um, so Kadarius Tony is not a guarantee to be good. Now I think he will be, and he's an exciting player. And if you use him the right way and bring him in, bring him along the right way, he's going to be looked at as, as you know, a steal at, at pick 20, but he's not a guarantee. Um, so I do think comparing him to Tavon Austin is a fair comparison. Now, I hate player comparisons because it's like just, yeah. It's very rare when you have two like similar players and it's and it's really one of the hardest things to do. Like when we when me and Danny first started doing draft stuff, we were doing player comparisons and it was like this is hard to do. Although I really did like yeah. my Terry McLaurin, Stefan Diggs. How about that? Um mm. So yeah, anyways, uh it, Tony's not a guarantee, you know. And I like I don't think the expectation be, should be Tony for the come on the field and and you know, have 900 1000 yards year one. Yeah, and uh, kind of going back to Tauzino's question, and this is something Dan Schneier said, and I've kind of moved away from valuing production, but I think you you draft a player, you don't draft for production. You know, Corey Davis was a guy who had three years of, you know, 1,400, 1,500, 1,500 yards. I mean, you know, Corey Davis had three years in a row where he had, like, insane out-of-this-world production, and really it took Corey Davis, like, four or five years to really break, you know, break into becoming a quality NFL wide receiver. So you draft the player, you don't draft for production. And I, I see Talzino's point and I can see how it, you know, it can be a concerning trend. You know, if there's probably more bad wide receivers in the national football league that only had one good year of college production than good than the few that I just named you who had even just decent production, their sophomore, junior year than had really good production in their senior year. So, um, yeah, rooting for you, Kadarius Tony. Young Joker. Young Joker. Um, cue the freaking giant stories music. We're taking a break from the mailbag. All the defensive backs were in Tampa with Yo Murphy. They were on a boat. Some were even hanging out with Derek Jeter, who get gets so much hate nowadays. Like when I see people m- making fun of Derek Jeter. I don't think there's a sports take that makes me want to slap people more. Blake Martinez was in a Pokemon tournament. He's always playing Pokemon, but this time he was in a tournament. BJ Hill was at the gun range. Bat Bat, talking Giants versus the world. Fetty Onegbo was on the trolley, I I guess going from New Jersey to New York. Reggie Ragland was roller skating. Chad Slade was doing karaoke. Darius Slayton was at the Drifter Car Series, which is a lot of fun. My brother's friend races in that. 
John Ross was playing laser tag. Matt Parrott was at a Knicks game. Jabal Sheard also at a gun range. Bang, bang! Talking Giants versus the world. Lorenzo Carter was at a New York Liberty game. Sabrina, uh, I I don't can't remember her last name. Had a triple-double. And Dante Pettis. My man loves his sports, even though he's not at the Giants camp. He went to the Padres-Rockies game and the Lakers-Warriors game. Justin, what piques your interest? Now the Giants story is getting a little interesting because we didn't have OTAs last offseason. Now we got guys in New Jersey and we got some guys that aren't. So it's like it's almost like Giants stories is like a snitch segment at this point. You definitely snitched on uh, Dante Pettis, didn't you? Um, do we have any information on what song? Was it Chad Slate singing I don't karaoke? Know. It was very like muffled and I, I don't know. I'm planning on maybe possibly next week. I'm planning on doing a Friday night karaoke night. So I'm surprised you do karaoke plan. sober. Like I've done karaoke twice, and it was both like just blitzed. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't drink. I have a. I have a want to perform. I like. I like to perform. I mean, you know, I, I'm twenty twenty three years old. I've put out over, you know, three hundred and fifty podcast episodes in my life so far. I like to perform. I like to be the center of attention. Um, Darius Slayton at the Drifter Car Series is pretty cool. Man, Derek, Derek that Derek Jeter, like, they're going to do a documentary on, which I re- I will say, I hate that guys are getting documentaries so quickly after their, uh, yeah. wait, 10, 15 years. You know, like, we've gone documentary crazy. Um, like, even, like, Tom Brady's having one. It's like, dude, your career's not even over. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> um... But people hating on Derek Jeter is so lame. It's such a lame thing to do. How did it? How did that meeting happen? Who was it with? Julian Love was. Well, there? they're in Tampa, and and Jeter has a house in Tampa. Um, got it. Um, so got it. I'm I'm sure you know someone someone hit him with the connect. Um, Reggie Ragland posts a lot of Instagram stories, but usually they're not giant stories worthy. So he's welcome to the the segment. He was rollerblading, and he was like. Or no, he was roller skating. He was using the actual skates, not the blades, which is pretty. I, I can't. Do I can, it. like, I feel like rollerblades. Like, once you've done it, you know how to do it. Like, I I haven't rollerbladed in, in many years, but I feel like I could throw on some blades and go roller skating. I will not even. I will not attempt to do because this. I'm afraid of heights, and I'm even afraid of when I'm just standing up. Well, I'm afraid of like even when I I'm I'm six foot. And then you add a couple more inches on there with with the skates and the blades and the whatnot. So what? I'm six three. Uh, I'm I'm even afraid of that. And if I'm moving fast, I'm gonna fall and break my face. And I have a face for radio, so. Yeah, that that's basically it. Um, well, that's it. Dante Pettis likes going to sports games. Cool. Blake Martinez likes Pokemon. Cool. All right, Justin. Next question. Next question. Well, why don't no, do, do we want to read something? Oh, okay. Next question is from Paul Nonus. Who do you think will be the surprise preseason star or stars that can crack the roster? Now, I have... This guy isn't necessarily a guy that can crack the roster because we hope that this guy is going to be on the roster and we think that he kind of earned it. But Bobby, how fun is it going to be to see Tay Crowder running with very possible, like, third-string guys. Is he not going to, like, just flat-out dominate when he's running with, like, second, third-string guys? Why would Tay Crowder and be I running that with is second, third-string guys? Because he could be third on the depth chart behind Raglan and Martinez. But being third at linebacker is, like, is still – that's still being second. Like, that's second-string, not third-string, though. But if the Giants are using one-linebacker sets, then he's the only one out there. Yeah, in preseason, I don't see them doing that a ton. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm just you, you really ruined it, you know. Well, Tay Crowder, he, he Tay, might, Crow- Tay Crowder's your I guy. I think he's gonna start. You, you so really you're disrespecting just, you really him. Just, you're disrespecting Tay you, Crowder. I think he's a starting. Starter. I think they're gonna put him behind Raglan. I think they're gonna switch. I think they're gonna put him behind Raglan, and then Raglan's gonna be behind him. So you think Tay Crowder's starting? Well, I, I think for half the preseason he may start, then the other half of the preseason he won't. And then there's only three preseason games, so one of one of those games Martinez is going to play, you would think, a quarter. So there's going to be a game where, where Crowder's going to be out there the third and the fourth quarter. And I'm, and I'm saying, how awesome is it going to be to see him running around, 
just dominating guys that have no clue. And he's because we didn't get a chance to see that last year because it would have been awesome last oh, year. Oh, yeah. People would have fell in love with Tay Crowder in the preseason last year. Yeah. Jeez, you just really. That, I, I thought of that question. I'm like, oh, Bobby's going to love this. He's going to be like, oh, I can't wait to see Tay Crowder dominating in the but, third quarter of a preseason game. It's not going to be fair. And then you just. But I don't want. It's, it's I'm, like I'm asking. Right it's like saying, like, wanting to watch. Like Kyrie go against like G leaguers. Like I don't want to watch that. I want to. See, I want to see guys that are trying to make like. So my answer is at that same position. It'd be one Kale Garrett. We talked about him a ton last week, so I won't bring him up. Kyle Murphy. I want to see what Kyle Murphy looks like in the freaking offensive line. Um, I want to be able to watch Kyle Murphy play a- against NFL players. So Kyle Murphy would be would be my question. My answer. Anything else? I'm so mad at you. No, I'm still well, I, I'm no. not excited to see Tate Crowder play against backups. He's a starting level player. I'm excited to see a Raymond Johnson. Yeah. That's actually actually a good one. That's a good one. That's yeah. uh, one I didn't think of. How about that? Um, there you go. You sure you're not excited to watch Leonard Williams play against seconds? <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Um, and speaking of stopping, how about we stop smoking? Yes. Stop smoking. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, a t- a tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Like, you know, like watching Tay Crowder play against third stringers. Like, that sucks. That's boring. Researchers and de- researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has cre- created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. Those are beautiful flavors. Lucy also has lozenge. Are we sure yes, that's it? I got it right. Lozenge. With four milligrams of nicotine and cherry, ice, mint, and citrus flavors. Each and every flavor actually tastes great. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights, at work, you can't smoke on a flight. You can do this stuff on a flight. How about that? At work, you can't smoke at work if you're inside. Um, you could smack somebody around the Giants locker room, but on the go, clearly, or even at the gym, you can't smoke at the gym. You can do this at the gym. So there's even more reasons to do this. Um, you know, I used to smoke. My dog died of smoking. So, you know, sure. having this stuff really would help your life. I know we all know a smoker, um, and this is the this is the generation that's. That's stopping cigarettes. So let's stop these dang, these dang, these dang, dang old cigarettes, and and get onto this this gum and these lozenges. Replace your dessert with the cinnamon flavored Lucy gum. Very good, very perfect. It's 2021. Or have your dessert and have a Lucy gum afterwards. Mm, twice the dessert. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, smoking Woody. I'm talking to you. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy Nicotine Gum or Lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Talking Giants listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code Giants to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenge. That's lucy.co and use promo code Giants at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use promo code GIANTS. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Wrong disclaimer. Um, So next question, Bobby. Speaking of things that want to make us smoke, we have a Jason Garrett question. Um, Giants page, do you have faith in Jason Garrett to get our team fast- Big play drives to get points quick. Um, quick answer: Faith, no. no. Optimism, but yes. We'll but talk you about have it. stats. I want to hear your stats. <laughs> All right. So, um, basically, what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at year by year of, over the last five years um, before Jason Garrett was the offense coordinator with the Giants. Now, he was not the play caller in Dallas the last five years because he stopped the play calling duties in 2014, I believe. Um, but it was still his offense, and it was still kind of like his overall blueprint. So. Cowboys offensive explosive play rankings by year. Remember, a passing explosive play is considered here a passing play of 15 or more yards, and a rushing explosive play is considered a rushing play of 10 or more yards. So 2016, overall, they had a ranking of 8th, the pass offense was 20th, the run offense was 3rd. And that's pretty much a common theme of every single year that I'm about to read besides 2019. 
The run offense is more explosive than the pass offense. So 2017, overall was 19th. The pass was 27th. The run was top 10. 2018, the overall explosive play ranking was 17th. And then 2019, when um, Callum Moore came around, ironically enough, it went up to 4th. 2019, they had the 4th most explosive offense in the National Football League. 5th in the pass, 5th against the run. So not extremely encouraging when we're looking at the rankings from the pass, especially in 2016, I found that to be surprising. Because I know that was a year that Dak, it was his rookie year, but it was also a year that Dak was healthy. And Dak I know was very they might have that year too. Yeah, so, um, but the run offense was very explosive and overall it led to a top 10 explosive offense, which that's certainly if the Giants finish the year, I honestly, I may, I may not even care how it ends. If the Giants end the year as a top 10 most explosive offense, I'm cool with it. Oh, yeah. So, to answer his question, backed up with what you said, I have. Faith, absolutely not. Optimism that they are, they did self uh, self evaluate. They, you know, I was saying this with um the the real football fan uh, of New Jersey girls, where it's like as much as me and you have been pretty anti Jason Garrett and and his twenty twenty, we, I mean we we went in on it and we we, we used a lot of reasoning and and basically killed every argument um, for him. Even with all that, he's not an idiot. You know what I mean. So, like, they didn't draft Kadarius Tony, and like, okay, this guy, you just line him up at slot and have him run curl routes and stick and, you know, whip routes. Like, they they know that they have to use him differently. So, I am optimistic, but I don't have faith in it. Um, I went and looked at some Dallas numbers. When they had Des Bryant, which is, you know, Kenny Galladay's not as good as Des was at that time. But uh, over, over from 2012 to 14. Dez was averaging 15 yards per catch and 41 touchdowns in those three years. So there was some big play in there. And that's with Tony Romo, who was, you know, more aggressive than Dak was. Uh, so, you know, maybe we can get some of that aggression from Daniel Jones rookie year. So uh, it's definitely going to be better than 2020. Like that's a guarantee. It can't be worse. Um, but it's, uh, do I have faith in it? No, but we are going to score more points. I am. I can't yeah. wait. I, you know what I was just thinking about? Uh, the, yesterday was like I just can't wait to watch Kenny Galladay catch his first touchdown. Like that's going to be such a great, oh, yeah. especially if it happens in Week One. That's going to be such a great feeling, Kenny Galladay catching his first touchdown. Yeah, um, you have those red zone options, those big bodied red zone options, where you don't even have to run like a fade. I I, I hate the goal line fade no. play, but there are other plays you can kind of run where you can get Rudolph in contested catch situations, and you can get Galladay, and it's going to be fun because. If you want to double either of those guys, right? Because Kyle Rudolph at this point of his career, you know, he's not like the he's I don't think, I don't know if he was ever like the the guy that you would double team in the middle of the field, right? But in the red zone, he might be a guy that you want to double team. And it's gonna be the same thing with Kenny Galladay. So that will hopefully open up some other opportunities for some of our other wide receivers. And if there's a check down option to Saquon Barkley, he could break a tackle and score a touchdown too. So even when we're in the red zone. There's, there's options that we have. Even though inside the five-yard line, the Giants were pretty, pretty conservative where they want to run the ball and they want to punch it in, which I'm fine with because it kind of worked for them last year when they were inside the five-yard line. I also can't wait All for right. Saquon to break off a touchdown too, by the way. That's, that's why yes. I, I was literally fantasizing about that, and that's why I put together the highlight tape for Saquon. You said, nice yeah. pander. Leave me alone, dude. That was a good – I, I, I was complimenting you. It was a good Sunday night pander tweet you – Putting Saquon Barkley highlights out. They did. They did well. It's good. They're easy. Next question. Next question. Anthony Bordenaro, with Garrett used Zeke slash Murray, with the or, or how about we say this? With the way Garrett used Zeke slash Murray, and Judge is used to a running back by committee. What approach do you see the Giants taking in the run game, especially with seventeen games? Um, is this answer just kind of simply? If you have Saquon Barkley on your team, there's not really much room for a running back by committee because you have Saquon Barkley and you want to use him and he wants to be you want him to be like the highlight of the if offense. Saquon is healthy, he's getting ninety oh, percent of the carries. And, and look at week one versus Pittsburgh. Saquon had fifteen carries, Dion Lewis had one. That was that was the running back share. Um so no, we I we there there if you have Saquon on your team and you're doing a running back by committee, I don't care if He's, you know, he's coming off an injury. If he's healthy enough to play and you're doing a running back by committee with Saquon, you're nuts. I'm sorry. Yeah, and we, and we uh, honestly, uh, Judge comes from 
the philosophy of having multiple running backs, but I don't know. You know, we don't know if that's his, if that's his philosophy. And you also know, didn't have a Saquon. A copy like, and, Bill Belichick wouldn't be right. You know, using Saquon like Bill Belichick would use Saquon a ton too. Yeah. Um, Rex Burkhead. Love him. Nebraska Cornhusker are great. All right. Next question. It's coming from Cody at Galladay NYG 2022. Cody, is Corey Clement a better B option than Devontae Booker? No, I don't think so. I think he's a, I, I think agree. he's an awesome running back three um, player, but I don't, I mean, Booker is going to be the clear running back two in my opinion. He's Booker's a do it all type back. You know, you can trust him if you need to give him more than the regular reps. I'm pretty confident Devontae Booker, someone who can block, receive, and run well, will will be the backup running back. Yeah, we also don't even know if Clement's going to make the team. Um, if if they want to have a running back three for special teams purposes, in a way, I would rather them keep Brightwell because Brightwell can possibly be here for four years. But Brightwell's also a guy that you could store and stash on the practice squad, and you know his you know his protected years will still be here. And Clement could just be here for this year, but if they want to prioritize running back three for special teams, then you know um, I could care less what they do. But r- backup running back isn't a problem until it becomes a problem. And Devontae Booker was the most efficient running back in the National Football League last year. I said, you know, Wayne Gallman. I always said that Wayne Gallman was the second most, but you know, D- Wayne Gallman was the second most. Uh, shoot. Wayne Goldman spent the second least amount of time behind the line of scrimmage last year. Devontae Booker was number one in terms of spending the least amount of time behind the line of scrimmage. So I like that out of backup running back. You get the ball, you fall down, you get me four yards. For sure. You, we missed a question. I did. The one, the last second one we put in that wasn't responding to the mailbag tweet, but I put it in there and embedded it. All right, then then you, I, I, it, was your, it was your responsibility to remember that. So let's, let's ask it now. Are you sure it was my responsibility? I said, I said, I'm not writing it down. You have to remember this because I made my post-it notes, and there's no there's no room for me to add anything. Daggone it! All right, it is. I've never read a mailbag question. Here, okay. Never in the history of Talking Giants. We're almost 300 episodes no, in. I'm just gonna deep. Are we doing anything for episode 300? Um, yeah, we're gonna have an episode. I I just DM'd it to you. You're really poo-pooing on me today. I, I I'm I just DM'd it to you. Uh, I'm not. I don't know what. Let's see. When is episode 300 gonna be? Let's see. So to, what episode is this? 296. So it'd be the first episode of June. I don't know. Maybe we'll do something with Danny King. David Weissman asks, Bobby, for mailbag. Particularly for you, what current players would you like to interview next if you have a chance to? Darius Slayton, I think I think Derek Slayton is a pretty funny guy. I think he'd be a cool hang. Um, I think he gets it. I think he's entertaining, um, and I think he's a good player too. So I, I Darius Slayton would be it for me. We know we can get a connection. We'll talk like talk to him about cars and stuff. Um, the other one I wouldn't want to do it now. I would want to wait and see if he had a good year this year. So he's like in better, you know, like standing with the fan base. It'd be Will Hernandez. He'd be another one that would be fun. He's actually did an interview with our our, our guys at Zona Hagantas, who are going to be doing another Hablando Hagantas next week. Plug. Logan Ryan, number one, because I think he would just be a good interview no matter what. Even if, like, we didn't know Logan Ryan that well, Logan Ryan's just always a good interview. Here, here's the thing. Logan Ryan would be an interview that our listeners would love, but I wouldn't. I would. Why? I just think You're it'd be guy. like, wow, this guy's inspirational football. You know, it's, this guy's really, you know, knows how to. You don't like inspir- in, inspirational, inspiring stories. Yeah, I want to I hear like funny stories and, and like, you know, and, you know, stuff that's funny. Where he's like, you know, we just, we are a team and we believe we are brother like he is very like like mr like he's mr perfect i don't want to talk to mr perfect because we already have one person who's perfect on the show uh the second person would be leonard williams i would love to talk to leonard, yeah, williams. leonard williams would be a fun one because yeah. um, also big ego statement he has to, he has to and good for him if he doesn't he has to know who supports him, or more importantly, who has like hated him? Yeah, he's also someone 
Who do you think is just like, besides Daniel Jones, is like just totally unplugged from social media? I think Leonard could be one of those because like he does live a pretty nice life. He was a top yeah. five pick who got a lot of hate from Jets fans. And then Giants fans immediately, I could see him just totally like unplugging from it. Um, but he's also on Instagram a lot too. So that kind of is counter counterintuitive. I'm trying to think who, who, like what, what Giants is just Kelvin Benjamin. I went and looked at his Twitter. He, he went and he like stopped using it in like 2017. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. need this in my life. I know Saquon, Saquon checks it. Saquon oh yeah. Saquon's it. on Instagram. He's a, he's a, he's a, a liker of posts, which by the way, yeah. D, um, the DBs were in Tampa. Jaron Williams is like a big time talking Giants Instagram commenter. And it was on the memes. Like, remember when I did the from me, myself, and Irene, where it's the it's the it's Jim Carrey and the black midget, and I have Daniel Jones versus Kyler Murray. Like he would comment on that, sure. like laughing emojis and stuff. So there he's a go. big time talking giants Instagram commenter. Um all right, next question. I think we have one more uh, thing. Uh, we next question. Read. Wes Lok. Lock. Lock. Lock it in. Lock West it up, Lock. brother. Favorite? No, he's not my favorite lost character. I just lied. I noticed Judge will talk special teams at length with the beat reporters. Any thought they are putting too much emphasis on special teams when building up this roster? That's an every year thing, right? Yeah, I, I'm not. Here's the one thing I will say is I don't want Nate Ebner on the team. I'm sorry. Like, is he that good at special teams to where it's like, we Tough. need to play him on defense at t- when we are, you know, have an injury. Like, why can't we get like a Michael Thomas player, like type player, where it's like, you know, he's a good, really good special teams player, but he's no slouch at safety. Like, he's not unplayable at safety. Special teams guys are good for the culture, Bobby. I, I just don't want Nate. <laughs> I feel bad because he seems like a great dude, and and Joe Judge, like Joe Judge, loves that dude. He might, it might be like his best friend on the freaking team is Nate Abner. Um. But yeah, he wrote a book. Yeah, not an over, not an overtly large concern. I mean, it, the, the, no, Joe Judge's special yeah, teams coach, concern, and I don't want Nate. Three phases of the game, and he likes to pay attention to it. Yeah, I would much rather have it than someone who ignores it, like me and you do. Yeah, correct. We're not coaches. Yeah, it's like I, 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 I'm just you know a podcaster who does videos. I don't need to watch special teams at all. No, no, no benefit of my life of learning about special teams. Nope. Um so everyone loves it though everyone loves it who enjoys watching a kickoff like i love yeah, it, like a kick return and a punt return for a touchdown don't those are some of the most exciting plays in the game like oh i know a lot of fans have game pass i know a lot of fans do more, probably more fans than we think now either they're watching the game tape or they're watching the broadcast version you're telling me that you're intently watching the special teams plays when you rewatch the game i highly doubt that Call them out. I love it. Um, I love the. I love. I love our people, though. All right. Next question from Mister Brownstone. Here's the next question, Justin. How's your How's your um, How's your old dingling doing? You know, when I when I try to get it up, that's the noise I make. I go. Ah. Not Danny King. You want to know why? Because Danny King used Blue Chew, and this episode is sponsored that's by right. Blue Chew. Guys, it's been a hell of a year. Personally, I feel like I've aged twelve years over the last twelve months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to. And if you're like Danny King, especially in the bedroom, it's time to snap out of it. Spring is here and it's time to get sprung with Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and fraction of the cost. You ever seen Danny King chewing on the streams? Guess what it is? It's Blue Chew. It's a Blue Chew tablet. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Like Danny told me, you know, like his mom was like, hey, this is for you. What is it? And he's just like, it's, you know, it's for me, mom. Don't worry about it. The process is simple, and then, you know, girls start showing up, and I think she she might have put two and two together, but I doubt it. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, 
and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Philadelphia and Tadafil. I'm going to sneeze mid-ad. This is not good. Oh, yes. Don't mute. Don't mute. Don't don't you dare mute. So, um, Sildenafil and uh, Tadelafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code GIANTS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping to BlueChew.com. That's BlueChew.com, promo code GIANTS to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Wrong one. Um, Mr. Brownstone asks... We're going to do two questions on one. By the way, I, I have to give asked, Mr. Brownstone credit. He gave me the idea to start reading the gambling disclaimer after all the ads. I'm not thanking Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> Why didn't you ask Nick Gates about dragons? Um, Talking Giants versus the world were kicking its ass so bad it's still spinning. And we also had a friend, Dennis, ask the you following You asked question. the wrong Mr. Brownstone question. He left two. All right, we'll answer that one first. We'll ask it. What What's it going to take for Bobby, for a Bobby Copizzle, Copizzle, cage match? Talking Giants versus the world, not just some of it, the whole damn thing. Do you think Pinocchio realizes that if he approaches me with disrespect that I'm going to slap him? Pinocchio. Who's that? That's Copizzle, because he lies. Oh, oh good friend. Do you program. think he realizes that? I I honestly don't even like how we're giving this fraud the I, attention I do like on it. our on our show on our show he does not deserve to even get the credit of his name being spoken on our show that is extremely legitimate professional and not, we're not professional for violence we're not, we're, hey this is we're trying to uh, instill a culture of violence. Um, at first, he annoyed me, and now I'm just having fun because I'm like, "Oh, you're just a liar." Um, but I hope I hope he does, you know. And he's gonna love this attention. Which is cool. You could have the attention, but just know, my man, approach me. Um, and then what was uh, Celery, Dennis Celery's question? Dennis Dennis asks over under how many fist fights in the parking lot and in the stands between fans during the Eagles game. Now, I actually tried to look up actual research about the average amount of fights that happen during a football game. But instead, I found a phrase, a vocab term, a vocab word. It's called football hooliganism. Football hooliganism, or soccer hooliganism, so I guess this originally originates as a soccer football term overseas, constitutes barbaric behavior perpetuated by spectators at association football events. Football hooliganism is normally involves conflict between gangs, in English known as football fans, formed to intimidate and attack supporters of other teams. So, I would like to to get together a football hooliganism gang to gang up on Philadelphia Eagle fans in Section 315, Row 16. Um, Or, no, just Section 315 in general. I will be gathering that football hooliganism gang throughout the season, so we will attack. Culture of violence, baby. Um, however many it is, it's not enough. That's the answer. There you go. Next question. Next question. We have this next question is from Glock Roach. Glock Roach, Glock Roach, Glock Roach. Or Dr. Roach, yes. Dr. Roach at Glock underscore Roach underscore. We know Joe judges, lo- we know we, whoa, whoa, whoa. we know Judge loves Jones's fight and diligence but does Judge also see Jones as someone who can be an above-average QB who will take a discount like Tom Brady did? Not having to pay Brady a lot allowed the Patriots to build and complete teams and consequently a dynasty. No, I don't see any. I think Tom Brady doing that is a one-off. I don't I don't see anybody taking a pay cut, um, especially quarterbacks going forward. So... Yeah, I don't think anybody should take a pay cut. To be honest, like go out and get your bag. Yeah, but dude, if they want know? to and they want to, like, like if, like if you do want 
ready to like that's cool like if if if, if your QB does it that's awesome but also it's like you know this is a business the the team's not going to take any like you know pay cuts to help you you know like they're not going to bring on extra money to help you personally just to to help you out with your your thing so um yeah so I'm not mad like but it would be like if Danger Jones did that that would be awesome like we would be like we would be you know goo goo gaga over that if he did that on the next podcast I'd take him out to for a nice dinner at Olive Garden. Yeah, we would just we would just we would start we would start just Venmoing him money. How about that? Yep, that's what uh, we would do. Speaking, how about you know we put out this sticker, and then like the whole culture of violence thing comes out. You're not looking at the screen. I I I, I saw it. Sticker. Um. Next question. Next question comes from Freddie Gadal. At Freddie Goodall, who do you feel more confident in, Matt Pert or Sean Sean Lemieux? Shane Lemieux, might some might is say. Is it crazy to say Lemieux because we've seen him start, even though he wasn't great? No, I mean, well, no, I no, I say yes. It is crazy. To I say have that. more hope for Matt Pert, but Matt Pert could be bad too. You know what I mean? So I, I guard is the easier position. Shane Lemieux started at guard. He had some bad reps, but your bad reps can be a little hidden at guard, and he is a good run defender. So I'm going to say Shane Lemieux. How about that? I'm going to go with I'm having more confidence in the guy that I have not seen yet. But also here, I mean, you have to consider this too. Matt Parrott has the athleticism to be that tackle, right? Shane Lemieux not only showed that, I mean, he has, you know, Shane Lemieux is pretty good in the run game, but he was one of the worst guards in the National Football League in terms of being a pass blocker, right? So the fact that that happened, it's kind of like, makes me nervous. Yeah. I, I, I And Parrot was drafted in the third round. That's also the thing, too. Parrot was drafted in the third round, and there was a very big difference in somebody being drafted in the third round, somebody being drafted in the fifth round. I mean, Parrot can be like an awesome tackle, where I don't think Shane Lemieux will ever be an awesome guard. I think he can be like a, a pretty good guard. I don't think he'll ever be great. Where Parrot could be... Um, but just confidence wise, man, like I am, I am biting my nails of like what Matt Parrott's going to look like at week one. Um, yeah. you know, starting a full game, a team prepping for him, you know, which is never happened. Like we've never seen it. We've seen him play spot reps where a team didn't prepare for him. And, you know, um, and, and like, I mean, you saw Andrew Thomas first Bud Dupree. He was awesome. They saw that he was oversetting and the next, you know, four or five weeks were, were bad for him. So. Uh, I am where and and you can be embarrassed a lot easier at tackle than you can guard, and I think that has a lot to do with yeah. it too. All right, Eli Wartman at Eli Wartman. Do you think we drafted Kadarius Tony because when we cut Golden Tate, we lost our emergency quarterback and we need a new one? And Tony played quarterback in high school. This is a good remember question. Uh, Golden Tate's April Fool's joke, being like, "I'm gonna play QB." Was it this year's April Fool's I think Fool's so, year? because he had like a picture of him throwing a pass with the Giants. I also love how Golden Tate, po- he recently posted a picture, I think to his like Instagram story, something like that. I'm so excited for 2021, and he posted it like as a Giant, like running out with the team or something like that. Like, dude, like, you know, we broke up. You're, you're an ex now. Goodbye. He's probably done in the league. He'll get, someone will bring him in the camp. Yeah. Uh, what if the Giants brought him in as a rookie tryout? That would actually be kind of funny. A rookie tryout? That that can't happen. Well, like I mean, like a rookie camp tryout, like Kelvin Benjamin. I would. That would that. that would be pretty funny. You, I, I would, I would actually think that was pretty funny. I would like him to come in and then get suspended again. I think that would be funny. Um, why would you want that? He said, "Okay, NFL breaking. I've been thinking about this for a while. It's about that time. Yak King to QB King, and then it's a picture of him." Throwing a football. Oh, it's a video. Oh, and it's the clip of him throwing the ball. Thrilling. Just so corny, Golden Tate. Oh, it's some other throws. It's like, dude, that's that's not like such a lame April Fool's joke. Yeah, I mean, we we may see um we may see a Kadarius Tony pass attempt this year. Why not? I think we'll see at least one. I don't think we're going to see a yeah. ton, but one. Next question. This is our last question. From Ron, Ron Swanson. Sugma Ligma Candace. <laughs> Ron Swanson's one of my favorite uh, listeners. I'd just be honest. Uh, 
Like there's he's he's a funny dude. He is a funny dude. Do you like Wendy's? That's a show. You know, uh, Double Baconators sounds pretty so good. You like Wendy's? Do you like Dragons? No. Do you no? prefer cassettes or CDs? A big vinyl guy. Yeah. That's a show. Do you have any Ligma? No, I use Bluetooth. <laughs> all right, all right. We uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Tuesday. Should we just say who the interview is since we already did it and we've had him on before? Yeah, the audio the audio saved. It's it's there. It's here. So yeah, all right, we it. are having on the show Nate Solder. We're going to talk about his. Oh. No, just kidding. Um, I think he hates <laughs> us. Not hates us. He strongly dislikes us. Which Nate Solder which first, is fair, which is fair. That's it's his mentality. Nice. You're Nate Solder. I wouldn't like me either. Uh, we appreciate you guys. License plate guy on Tuesday. We sp- we talked to him for over an hour. So we will see you then. But until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>